0: blog talk radio good morning i hope everyone is doing wonderful today welcome to the show you are okay and the show is powered by blog talk radio welcome and thank you for being here and i hope that everyone has taken the time today and every day to say thank you to someone or say thank you as you wake up and put your feet to the floor in the morning the weather here today is just absolutely gorgeous, and Mara, how is the weather out there today?
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Oh, my goodness, we're having rain, big raindrops, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's windy and rainy, and they're talking about power outages, so um, it's a very interesting time, but it's beautiful in its own way, I think.
0: Y'all have gotten a lot of rain in the last month or two.
1: Yes, we have, and everyone should be thankful because the Central Valley of California produces enough food to feed one-third of the world and does feed one-third of the world, and it can only do that if we have water. So uh, on some level, it's a blessing uh, for everyone that we are having rain, although those who are getting a bit of flood are not real happy.
0: Wow, that's amazing. A third of the world is fed from the California Valley. I had no idea. I remember last year driving through and stopping at a little place. uh, My partner and I always talk about this as we went with MJ uh, from L.A. to Sacramento, and we stopped in this place that looked just like big strawberry patches going on for miles and miles and picked up some strawberries there. They were the most delicious strawberries you could ever have coming right off of the street there, right out of the The strawberry patch. They were just wonderful.
1: The biggest. Have you ever seen strawberries the size of your hand before? Oh, my gosh. It's
0: oh, like, I know. God. There are. There's, it's, it's crazy how big they are.
1: Down in that area, there's a large Hmong population. And when I used to live in Fresno, I would literally thank the Hmongs around me for coming to the United States, although my heart saddened for them leaving their country. But I thank them because they brought us these strawberries. And twice a year, twice a year there's a, um, a production a of them. Wow. Yeah, in the fall and in the spring. It's amazing. Actually, you guys were here in the summer, so I guess maybe three times in some places.
0: Yeah, they were they were just delicious, just delicious.
1: Thank God for the rain. Strawberries use a lot of water.
0: Yes, they do. So what we would like to do this morning is we're going to... Um, talk about what we decided last week after we did our show on compassion is that that's really what our show is about. It's about being compassionate, about loving one another, treating others as you want to be treated, and generally speaking, just being a compassionate person. And so that's going to be an underlying theme, of course, in everything that we do. And today we're going to talk about sin and we're going to come back after the breathing exercise and we introduced the topic and talked to you a little bit about how we come up with our topics. And believe me, it's, we didn't come up with a topic to tell you all that we're not sinners because we went down a list of things that we've done in our life that, this morning and we decided, wow, we really are sinners. But it's okay, Absolutely. we can be sinners because we can be forgiven. So what I want to do this morning is, open up with a quote that's from the American Way magazine from the American Airlines. And they had an interview with Drew Carey. And Drew Carey kind of explains this quote as being what he calls the zen of the price is right. As everyone knows, he replaced Bob Barker on the show, and he wasn't... When he first got the call, he really didn't, wasn't that interested in doing it, because how could you replace Bob Barker? But now he's kind of got his own going on there and I think he does an excellent job and what Drew says is if you watch football or baseball on TV you're rooting against somebody and he goes on to say that's a negative thing with prices Right you can actually root for somebody to do well and hope for something good to happen to a total stranger that makes your life better you don't have to know anything about them you just hope someone does well and that benefits you because that positive energy will come back to you how amazing is that, that you can, it really, you do root for people when you're watching The Price is Right. Quite ironically, I came home on Friday from Seattle, where it happened to be very sunny and beautiful there as well, which is not the norm for Seattle. And <clears throat> when I got home, we were sitting, sitting in the living room, and kind of no one wanted to turn the channel. So Price is Right came on, and Drew Carey was there. And they're doing, I guess, some specials in the evening shows where it's double the prizes and you can win a million dollars if you guess your showcase amount within $1,000. There was a young school teacher, very full of energy, full of energy, come running on the stage and doing somersaults and talking about his daughter and talking about all the kids that he works with. And you just wanted to root for him. You just wanted him to win. And he, he won, and he got up there, and he got into the showcase showdown, and he won the million dollars. Ah! He was within, and when he bid, I just, oh, Micah and I just looked at each other and were like, oh, no, he's lost it. Micah actually got up and went to take a shower, <laughs> and I sat there watching because I thought he way overbid and they read the price and it was within $880 that he had guessed the price of his showcase. So not only did he win both showcases, he also won the million dollars.
1: Did he get the Cadillac?
0: Yes, he did.
1: I I don't watch much TV but I heard it in there. (laughs) I heard it when I was doing things. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes, I think he ended up with two or three cars and just tons of very nice things. And he was just doing somersaults and jumping around and so happy. And you, and you know that it, it does make you feel good to see other people win, even though you don't know who they are.
1: Oh, so, yes.
0: That's quite wonderful. uncanny that I read that article and then came home a couple of days later and, and saw that on TV and was like, wow. And I run into the other room and I'm like, he won, he won. <laughs> you won't believe that he won. He was within $880.
1: Synchronicity. I thought he. I could hear. I was in another part of the house, and he made a bet of eighty three thousand dollars something, and I know it had to do with the Cadillac.
0: You're right. It and was eighty three thousand four something, it ended up being like eighty four five or something like that.
1: I am a good listener. I need to work on the silent part. But <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, uh, I when I heard that number, I had. I, I, I wasn't watching it, but but had I been watching it, I like Micah would have left the room. I was like, oh wow, this guy's delusional. No, a car and da 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 couldn't cost that much money. Well, wrong. What a but, wonderful thing.
0: But yeah, there was a catamaran involved in it too, and that's where I said, you know, I don't know how much a catamaran costs. I've never bought one. So yeah. and and actually, the girl that was next to him who was competing. Really had this look of like, oh, I've won this now, <laughs> for sure. Yes. And I think she was very shocked when she didn't win. And she was within $2,000, so she was pretty close.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I, I recall she was like $1,100. I mean, she she would have won. Uh, I mean, she was almost close enough that she was breathing on the million, even though she didn't win it. But isn't right. this is just funny? Here we are talking about this, and, and – the idea that we take such joy out of other people's joy. My mom and dad, who never thought for a moment they would not want they would like anyone but Bob Barker, just love Drew Carey. He's not Bob, but he's good. Of course we have a family story. You guys are not gonna believe this. But my mom, when she was a little girl, met Bob Barker and he sent her gum. She, she wasn't that little. She was of desiring age, and I guess that was kind of like a friendship ring in our day. I mean, he sent her Wrigley's gum in the mail and asked my pa- and her parents if he could do this. I mean, he was courting her for a very brief period there. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a Bob Barker connection in our family. That's like history or mythology. It's probably grown with time. But anyway, my gosh, what a wonderful story. And, yes, compassion being able to rejoice in another person's good fortune. Not be angry or jealous, but rejoice.
0: And I wanted to read a a quote from the Tao Te Ching, which is, is purported to have been written by Lao Tzu. And in verse or chapter 67, verse 67 is titled Unimportance. And in that he says, All the world says, I am important. I am separate from all the world. I am important because I am separate. Were I the same, I could never be important. Yet, here are three treasures that I cherish and commend you. The first is compassion, by which one finds courage. The second is restraint, by which one finds strength. And the third is is unimportance, by which one finds influence. Those who are fearless but without compassion powerful but without restraint, or influential yet important, cannot endure.
1: Wow. I have a doubt. It would be hard to live by, wouldn't it? Huge. Huge. I have a Dow quote I'd like to share later, too. Um, huge. And and you know what? Very hard to live live by. And I have. We'll talk in a few minutes about just our difficulties we've had today, but I, I have a beatitude, and you all know, and I'm sorry, I should know where they were. Um, I can't give you, it's from the New Testament, and it's attributed to Jesus, but listen to this one. This one has always caused me to stumble, and this morning it just shows, shined out to me as though it's highlighted, the beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow.
0: And you notice not wow. poor in spirit, not poor in dollars. Yeah. Yen or pesos or drama. Yeah. It's for poor their, in spirit.
1: For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. People, does that sound like we're supposed to be sin free?
0: Don't think so.
1: Ah. Oh. Huge, huge. After Bob and I talked, I just had to look one. I kept hearing Beatitudes, Beatitudes, Beatitudes in my mind. Wow.
0: You know, I've never, I've read the Beatitudes before, and and I think we had to memorize them in Catholic school. I'm sure none hit me on the hand with a ruler over it. But the, um, I never interpreted it as poor in spirit. I always thought it's okay to be poor because you'll go to heaven. Yeah. Until you just read it, I always interpreted it from, I, I, I believe it's like second or third grade, that, you know, the poor people will go to heaven. Blessed so, wow, that it does make a difference to read things again and again sometimes because you, yeah. you get something different out of it depending on where you're at in your life.
1: Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's an om or an AMEN statement about expectations and perhaps how much we put on ourselves. Or how much
0: we allow others to put on us.
1: Oh, my gosh, that is so true, Bob. I have to say, you folks would not believe. I mean, I'm doing this mammoth search on sin because I'm sinful. I mean, I have, I don't think there's any I probably haven't done. And, well, maybe I've never killed anybody, so I can say I've not killed kill anybody. And I haven't stolen anything since I was four years old. Although sometimes I steal people's energy, so maybe. But anyway, this morning I read this whole Catholic, I'm not sure, dogma, doctrine, whatever. It was this long thing that is is about what sin is. And I don't even know how they could understand it. It was so convoluted and just huge, just gigantically huge. And I thought, oh, my God. Gosh, I would have to read it a thousand times to understand it. And look at this. How many of us have just misread or have had misread to us? This simple, it is about ten words. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I was real glad when I was led to that passage after... Trying to make my way through, <laughs> you know I'm glad
0: you got that passage too, because that makes me feel better. Because uh, as we did we talked this morning very briefly before the show, going, "What are we going to do? Why, you know, why did we pick this topic, and why did, or why did the topic pick us? And what are we going to talk about? Because we're we're sinners. We we can't be out here telling people not to not to sin, which is oh. totally not what we're going to do. But it no, made it a not. little bit uh, a little bit of a challenge this morning. Oh but I think gosh. with that, what we want to do is we want to go into our breathing exercise. And I'm going to do again like I did last week and practice uh, getting, bringing everyone to center before we start our breathing exercise. And again, this, this passage is from a book called How to Pray Without Being Religious, and it's written by Janelle Moon. So if, if you would, everyone, let's... Center ourselves so that we'll be centered and balanced. There is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being, where love is never ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart, you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. Now we move into our breathing exercise. And today, um, I'd like everyone to imagine that you're a flower. And there are these flowers that grow. I think morning glories, portulacas, maybe some others out there that open only during the day. And they close up at night. So as we take our deep breaths today... Think about the sun rising. Think about the lawn or grass with the dew is there and the dew is starting to dissipate. And as the dissipating dew rises, the flower begins to open up and open up and open up. The sun is coming over the top of your head and you have that full deep breath inside you. Now, as that sun starts to go down the backside the flower starts to close and you're letting that air out of your lungs. You're breathing out all of that negativity that's built up in your body. You're pushing all of that negativity back down into the earth. Start thinking about your prosperity. Think about how life is better now than it ever has been for you. Think about the balance that you find in the breath that you're taking, and just repeat that three times, or as many times as you can, as we listen to, "Be still, thy soul, by a nail."
1: Let us all reach our arms out first to the left and then to the right, and let's join our hands together in spirit with those who are here now and those who will come later. Let's look around the world and start softening our gaze, our hearts, and our words, being more careful about what we say and what we do as we start to embrace the world in love. Continuing a revolution of love, recognizing that there is a duality going on here, that we are separate entities responsible for how we act, what we say, and we are also part of all that is, this mysterious thing called life. Let's send loving thoughts to people everywhere Let's expand our horizons and our energy and start in visual, visualizing, Excuse me, taking down brick by brick by brick the walls that are separating us each one from the other, the judgments, the thinking that how you call God or what you call God or the process of getting to God matters. My friends, we, when we go to God, when we connect with God, we are all taking the same route. We are all going to the same place. The maze through which we travel may be different. The words we implore to gain access may be different. But in the end, we all come to the same place. Let us encircle this planet with love, with our energy, no matter how many of us are here at this moment, there is enough energy in us to totally, totally encase this planet in love. And now we ask that the unity of all, that love, that God, speak to us today and help us to treat others softly, gently, kindly, and to treat ourselves the same way. And so when we fail, we treat it as though we are a small child learning to walk. We simply laugh, brush off our knees, learn a lesson, and walk better from that point forward. We ask these things in the name of all that is, and as together we take a deep breath, we unite with love, and we exhale all that is negative back into the earth. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. I love that opening that you did. Thank you. Thank you. As you know, today was a day when I was questioning myself and my words and what I had to, to share in this moment. And your opening reminded me, if nothing else, I have sheer bravery that I'm willing to stand here and talk to people about things that I know to be true, the eternal truths in life. We decided we would tell you a little bit about how we got our topics and And that's really a big deal, because in doing that, we're going to out ourselves. Now, we've kind of alluded to it in the past, and, and some of you may have picked up that Bob and I are heightened six sensors. There's many people out there who are heightened six sensors. Bob and I came to this planet with an agreement that we would work together in soul form, but we didn't know each other at all. But we each have a connection to the other side that is very clear and very loud in our minds. We, I guess some people would say we hear voices, and uh-oh, somebody may try and come and give me epileptic drugs or alternatively put me in a mental hospital. But I have been connected to the other side since I was a little kid, a baby. I had a guide. His name was T, and I would call him all the time, and my mom recognized that. Well, T has passed now in my life, although he periodically comes back during low moments. And I have different guides, and those guides I call the guys. Now, there are lots of us who call our guides the guys, so I'm not unique in that. And I don't know if they're the same guys or not, but I do know this, that Bob has his guys and I have mine. And they're the ones who tell us what the program topics are going to be. They're the ones who actually led us to this radio program, that led us to working together on this and that actually brought us together about mm, maybe five years ago out of nowhere. We met in Santa Fe in passing in a grocery store and then suddenly one day Mara the Channel had a message for Bob. I had no true idea where that would take us and certainly no idea that Bob would at times have reciprocal messages for me. And as time passed and we began to to see the truth of the words the others delivered to us. Without pre-contact, we recognized that we were a team. A duo that has come to deliver a message There may be only one person that we talk to who will hear us, and there may be thousands. And the message, though, is not something that necessarily comes from within us. And that's with our struggle this morning. Because the message this morning was, for him and I, this thing called sin's pretty big. What do they want us to talk about, our sinful selves? I mean, uh, why sin? Why sin? And as we struggled with that topic each in our own way, and Bob can talk about his struggle, I just realized, folks, I have to tell you uh, that, like I said, I haven't killed anybody, but I am not according to traditional religious principles, which is what I came to know is where the concepts of sin come from i am not sin free certainly i guess that's what they mean when they said talking about the log in your eye and casting the first stone it's human that's why blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and interestingly I came to know this morning that the concept of sin is really motivational, and it's almost a control technique. It's defined by religion in order to keep people doing the things the religion believes will keep them in control, which in the old days gave the religions power. And today we're going through a realignment, because religions are realigning, and it's creating a lot of terror, and a lot of fear for established religions. I'm not going to get political on you, but it's creating a lot of fear that people are thinking that they can connect with the universe, with love, without having to go through any dogma or any set rules, without having to be perfect, without having to even strive for perfection. And what I read this morning called this realignment realignment. And I shared with Bob that no matter what I have done, unless I've hurt someone else in the process of doing, I've always known that God loved me. Always, my whole life. I wasn't separated from God's love. What a blessing, huh? What a true blessing I've had. One time when I was studying to be Jewish because I really thought the answer might be in Judaism without realizing the answer was in love, not dogma. The rabbi I was studying with was an old Orthodox rabbi, just beautiful man, just taught me so much about love and life. I grew so much from those studies, but he told me, something I had never heard before, and initially I didn't quite understand. He said, Satan is at God's right hand. I'm thinking, Satan? What is Satan? And then, what do you think Satan is, Bob? Satan. You got it. Satan is at God's right hand that all of these life experiences that we have come to us from God, the duality, folks, the eternal, the mystery, opportunities, experiences, chances. And the rabbi was telling me they were delivered by, quote, Satan, or I always say the devil, D-apostrophe-E-V-I-L, close quote of evil. They are delivered to us and giving us a chance to choose. To choose. And I was going to give a friend the book Change Your Thoughts and Change Your Life. And I started reading it. It's about the Tao also, and I realized I needed to read it before I could give it away, and I would have to get him another one. So how amazing. Once again, remember Bob and I are connected as a team that we would both be led to the Tao today. How amazing.
0: Because it's not judgmental like religious dogma is.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It is not. Now, before I read to you what uh, Wayne Dyer said, I want to share with you the verse that he gets his message from. Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty, and because there is ugliness. Oh, excuse me. Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. All can know good as good only because there is evil. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'd like to share then what Dyer writes. Life. Live a unified life. Enter the world of oneness with an awareness of the propensity to compartmentalize everything as good or bad, right or wrong. Beauty or ugly are standards of the physical world, not the Tao. Now, I will tell you, in reading that Catholic dogma this morning, the one word that stuck out a lot was right. There was lots of right. The word right was there a lot. Contemplate the insight that duality is a mind game. In other words, people look the way they look, period. Criticism is not always necessary or helpful. See the unfolding of the Tao inside everyone, including yourself, the Tao, the universe, love, God, the mysterious unknown, and be at peace with what you observe. Be a good animal and move freely, unencumbered with thoughts about whether you should be and how you should be acting. For instance, imagine yourself as an otter, just living your otterness. You're not good or bad, beautiful or ugly, a hard worker or a slacker. You're simply an otter, moving through the water or on the land freely, peacefully, playfully, and without judgments. When it's time to leave your body, you do so, reclaiming your place in the pure mystery of oneness. That is what Lao Tzu means when he says, when the world is done, it is forgotten. That is why it lasts forever. In other words, you don't have to leave your body to experience forever. It's possible to know your eternal self in the embodied condition when duality and judgment crop up. Allow them to be a part of the perfect unity. When other people create dichotomies, you can always know oneness by practicing the Tao. So, in other words, just because someone else says that something is a sin, it really is a judgment. Now, you know, as we always say, except for murder, but even murder sometimes is not, taking a life is not considered a sin. It's not considered a sin in time of war. scary the violence that's the thing that got me and i'm afraid i am being political at this moment but when i was working on this i was bombarded by images of violence anger hatred and in that realization as i got up five times to light my incense and to this moment do not have incense lit because it caused me such chaos I realized the importance of the revolution we're leading here, the compassion for all. We don't have to approve of other people's actions, but we have control over whether we can show love, recognizing they are a part of us. And in those actions, they're giving us a chance to decide who each one of us is, what we value, And me, I choose love. So, Bob, you're on.
0: Let's see. Beautiful, beautiful passage. Beautiful interpretation by Dyer. Beautiful interpretation by you. And and thank you. You know, as I'm sitting here and and listening. And looking at the switchboard, which I want to welcome people to call in and tell us all about all your sins. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> call in and talk about compassion. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. The number to dial in is six four six five nine five three five eight four. The as I sat looking at the switchboard, it says compassion to dash sin, and. It kind it, it, something that popped through my mind was that we need to be compassionate to those who have sinned against us, oh, yes. and that kind of comes from the Lord's Prayer, I guess, in some respect. But and maybe that's forgiveness is being compassionate to those who have sinned against us. And I and I, the and you were talking about the violence, and what went through my head were the murder the Killings that have been happening in schools and in city city council buildings and other places over the last couple months, where people are just getting up with a gun and killing people, and there doesn't seem to be any reason other than than mental health mental health issues, and, and, and maybe and I don't want to be political, but maybe that's something we're missing in our country is more access to mental health. But
1: maybe, but how is that, you wonder, how is that thought possible? And I have to tell you, once again, running the risk of being political, maybe it's possible because we condone such violence. We let our children watch games that are called uh auto theft something or other. And, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know all the names. Or, you know, we, they are engaged, these young people who, who don't seem to grasp, you know, life. Shooting a we gun can. at someone is
0: bad because they're shooting people in a video game all the time.
1: Exactly. And the person comes back to life and they get points for it. They get recognition for that violent conduct. And, and more and more, you know, some, some of these things that they use to shoot at the the video game thing look like real life weapons. And you know, and I think, "Oh my gosh." Oh my gosh. One of the issues I had with the man I was most recently involved in was that he grew up in a very rough area of New York City. Brilliant man, brilliant man. And, uh, but just, when he would talk to my grandsons, he would talk to them, and he would, hold, they would hold their hands, and they would talk about capping people. And it's like, gosh, I don't want them to have that thought in their mind, that anyone would even consider that as an acceptable idea, that you would even consider it. That is one thing that I've not allowed my mind to go to, and and that frightens me, What has become so commonplace, so possible, that my beautiful, beautiful young grandsons would think that it's cool to talk about capping people.
0: That's cool? My gosh. Yeah, but, I mean, there's there's no words to, to, to even say back to that because there's, a lot of truth in what you've said, and it is it is sad that people can talk about that, and that it's almost as if they've become immunized to to violence altogether, yes. because we see it on t v every night and if and if there's not something violent on it, that happened in your community on the news, it's usually it, it, that just doesn't seem to happen. There's always murder, rape, and violence going on all the time the yes i i grew up catholic and in the in the catholic religion there was i grew up catholic part of my childhood and then it was the uh, and then into other religions and then what in catholicism what i remember was or not, well yeah i remember it i guess the that sins were classified as being mortal sins or venial sins, and some, you know, who are more severe than others, and of course in the Catholic religion, and, and I'm not here to say anything bad about the Catholic religion at all.
1: Nor did I intend to, the, it's just difficult to understand.
0: <laughs> the, the, especially if you didn't grow up Catholic, it would be difficult to understand, because there's so many rites and, and things, uh, so much ceremony that has uh, wrapped around it, too, that people don't. I don't, I mean, I didn't pretend to understand it then or now. The I thought that was only the Catholic religion because I've been involved in other uh, Christian-based religions throughout my childhood as well, and in those religions, I never heard you know anything of being a mortal sin, a venial sin. It was it was a sin as a sin, and it's a sin against the Bible, or you know, or if you've broken a law that your country has or that where your community has, because I believe. Somewhere, and I don't have the reference to it. That and, and it could just be something my dad said, not that it came from the Bible. Was that you were to obey the laws of your of your of your land, and if you didn't, it was a sin. But as I did this research, I found that actually in in the Jewish faith and in in Islam, there's also different degrees of sin. And I think there were three different degrees in Judaism, and there were a list of seventy major sins in. In the Islamic faith, and I just found that to be interesting that you know people took so much time, you know, to to demarcate, demarc, make differences between sins and to put them into categories. So I decided I would just look up the definition of sin, and sin comes from the Greek word hamartia or hamartia. And the literal translation of that word is missing the mark, which is something that my partner says all the time of, of people and of me and of himself as well, they miss the mark. And I never thought of it as that they sinned. I always thought of it as, well, they didn't do what they really should have done for humankind or for... What, what the circumstance was. So if I would have done something that was self-centered, he'd say, oh, you missed the mark there. You didn't take, in, you know, these other people into consideration. And I thought about that and and, and thought of a uh, bow and arrow and a target and that, okay, there's kind of degrees that you're shooting the arrow and you can hit the bullseye in the middle or... You can hit, you know, in other areas, but, you know, you could totally not shoot onto the target at all and have missed the mark. And it's not that we necessarily didn't try. It's just something happened. The wind blew, and that arrow kind of moved over to the side and didn't hit it.
1: Or we may not have as perfect eyesight as we think we have, as good as we may not, there's a... And we may not have it centered. My my youngest daughter was really good at teaching me those lessons about how sometimes words that we say miss the mark when we're trying to show that, you know, I don't think that way. For instance, if I may give an example, um, I used to say, I don't see color. And I know lots of people say, I don't see color. My black friends, my daughter taught me, and I don't say that anymore, but my, one day my black friend said, because I was telling her about my experience with my daughter and how I've learned that, that that's not really the non-judgmental word that I say, and she says, "Yeah, how could you not see I'm black? I can." And so it carried with it like a almost a lauding of myself. You know, I'm I'm so good here. I don't look at people and see color. Of course you see color. Of course you see color. What I was trying to say was that. I love all people equally, and I realize I don't need to say that. I need to live that, and and so many times we use, you know, we may miss the mark because we don't have a good scope on it, a good scope on the center, or as you and I were talking this morning, um, there are things that we do... Perhaps innocently to take away someone else's energy, someone else's sense of accomplishment and well-being. Example: uh, I'm people who correct other people when they misspeak. What's the point?
0: The,
1: the The effect is to is you think you're helping them. Maybe it's better to say nothing because really all you're doing is showing you're smarter than them. And, and by doing that, have you missed the mark? Sure you have. If the mark is to glorify man, if the mark is to live in love, if the mark is to love all as you would like to be loved, do you want your words corrected? No.
0: Nope. And it's kind of, too, I was thinking back to the quote from last week that that I had on Confucius when he was talking about thinking and thinking was in the gut that it was intuition really is my read on it yes is that we let intuition when we don't listen to our intuition it takes us off the mark or doesn't allow us to hit bullseye because we haven't followed what we really think that we need to follow Yes,: what we not that we think that we need to follow. It's what we know we need to follow, but we try to think our way back out of it. Yeah. By yeah. trying to rationalize things 10 different ways. The: So sin is simply stated, I guess, as missing the mark and missing the mark is not doing your best. When you know that you could do your best, not being your highest self, not taking into consideration others that are around you. or And, and in fact, as you said, stealing other people's energy where, you know, you, you don't stop to listen when someone's telling you a story and you start butt in and start talking about something else about you instead of listening to them. I think as you've said many times, listen and silent have the same words are the, the same letters in them. So you have yeah. to be silent to listen and you have to listen to be silent. And yeah. we don't always, and we miss the mark when we don't do that, whether it be, loved ones, or whether it be someone that you work with that is trying to express something and you cut them off and and start telling them what to do instead of listening to what their issues are, even though you've, at least I know in my case, sometimes I don't listen to the whole thing and just start saying, no, you need to do this, 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 and this, and don't take into consideration what they may have to say regarding what X issue
1: Yeah, you know, and that's so true, thinking just in my daily life, um, how when there have been times when I have uh, been talking about my game plan for a case, and I've been interrupted by someone, and they proceed to tell me their game plan, and in the process, my game plan became their game plan. In other words, they said the very things I was going to say, and I know how I felt during those times, like, Something was stolen from me. Now, granted, maybe it was an ego thing, a recognition thing. Who knows? But, you know, Letting I think. Letting your ego get, a, get
0: in the way, though, is, is missing the mark.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so, in those times, I think, oh, well, and I work to say, oh, what's in, what matters is that we ultimately do have a game plan. And so really what this involves, this concept that Dyer was talking about, this compassion that our guys want us to talk about in in terms of sin, is missing the mark, I love that so much more, is more not just when we see people out there that are doing things that don't fit in with our idea about how life should be lived, but also when we... Intentionally or unintentionally act in a way that doesn't serve others, and if it doesn't serve others more likely than not, it may serve our ego, but in the end, it doesn't serve us because we will have feelings about it, we will regret it now, there are some religions that say we will have karma, you know, and karma is basically that same experience coming back to face you, you know and 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 looking at it from the perspective now instead of as of the do er of being the doe facing conduct that you may have done to someone else whether in this life or another life i don't not getting into life folks okay i'm just saying who cares um, you know but the bottom line is it's coming face to face with conduct that was possible for you so that you feel you feel the energy of the person to whom that conduct was done and then in that you learn what it feels like to have someone to do unto others as you would have them do unto you so you can either engage in the process and soften your approach to the world now so that you look lead in love you don't react right away that you find your place of peace and calmness and you escape there to decide what is the best thing to do to serve you or you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. That's a lesson you needed to learn and you probably will learn it at some point. And you move on. You move on and know that no matter which you do, act in love or act out of love. interesting you end up loved by all that is no matter what that's what the compassion is about that you are absolutely totally loved no matter what decision you make and even those terrible terrible decisions my friends i'm here to tell you today that that Hitler went to heaven, not because his actions are not reprehensible and deplorable, but because he is of God. And we need to ask ourselves, how is it that all of us who today can see how deplorable his actions were, those then during that time did not Because there, therein lies the rub. When we forget our connection to one another, ignoring judgments about good and bad, right and wrong.
0: Remembering that we're equal in spirit.
1: Exactly. When we forget that, that's when deplorable things like killing millions of people, Become possible. And my friends, that thinking is alive today. And it isn't just alive in the Bosnias and the Kosovo's, and I may be saying those words wrong, uh, places. It's alive in this country. And we have to learn to lead with compassion. Not applauding that conduct. I'm not suggesting that. But remembering that the speaker of such terrible, terrible things is a human being too, and challenging it, challenging it with love. Don't stand silent, my friends, when someone says something that is unloving. Instead, ask them if they've considered a loving interpretation. Have you thought about this? Just as my daughter said to me, Mama, have you thought about how you would feel if you were a black person? And someone said, I don't see color. Oh my gosh. I realized it made it sound like I was better than, I was above everything. And I decided to lead with love, let my actions be governed. Less words, more deed.
0: And compassion is an active, it's not passive. It's not something that you can just define and say that you're going to do. You actually have to work at it and do it.
1: And when you fail, stand up again and move forward trying again.
0: And to exactly. close out the show today, we thank you all for being with us, and we wish you a, a blessed week, and may love enfold you. And we're going to close. I'm going to dedicate this song to Mara. It's by Detlef Schwerter, and it's called Rainy Days.
1: Oh, Thank you. Namaste, my friends. May peace be with you, and may love the name I give to God enfold you. I thought it was a good to be. I thought it was a good to be. I thought it was a good to be. like my meditation music spicy that's for sure
0: oh i have it with great energy for a rainy day when you're in the house and you kind of have that going on in the background and it just gives you some energy to to get some things done around the house and not just mope around because it's raining outside
1: i agree with that too i don't know there's something about that Schwerter that just amazes me well we have the final seconds have a good week friends see you on tuesday